Hello, and welcome to Inspect Tech, the Olympus NDT podcast. My name is Emily Peloquin, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is all about NDT and about the incredible people that work in our industry. I've been in this industry for just over a decade now, and I'm still amazed by the incredible people that I get to work with and how tightly connected this community is. On this show, have the chance to welcome experts from the field to chat about everything and anything, from challenging applications to new trends and even tips and tricks on how to improve your NDT game. I hope you'll enjoy the unique insight that our guests are sharing with us and that it'll inspire others to also want to help in making this world a safer place. Our guest this week is our very own Daddy Suisi. Daddy is the Market Development Manager here at Olympus for Downstream Marketing. Daddy is an NDT expert specializing in advanced applications and advanced trainings. With his wide international experience, he has been involved in numerous NDT projects worldwide, which we'll get to hear some of his stories. From pirates to beautiful beaches to minus 49 Fahrenheit weather, but we'll let him explain. Without further ado, here is Daddy. Deli Suissi, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Emily. Actually, I'm flattered and uh, it's a, an honor to be here with you. So the first, very first question that I like to ask all my guests, and since non-destructive testing is not a field that a lot of people are familiar with, how did you happen to stumble upon NDT? Actually, it's a common question. Uh, I'm being asked the this actually even by my close friends since they knew that uh, I had let's say followed chemistry studies for more than seven years seven and a half years exactly and I was more interested by uh, everything related to environment so like uh, uh, filtering uh, used water and uh, for example the um, new fuel cells like for uh, electrical cars etc and actually i worked on this two uh, main topics in uh, my final uh, years of studies really different However, right <laughs> yeah exactly and each time my my friends ask me about my job i say it's in ndt they <laughs> directly think that it's related to chemistry and then i have to explain them that uh, i'm like the material doctor and i explain that uh, I'm like using the same technology that doctors are using for uh, pregnant women yeah. or for injured people also because they do echographies on uh, knees and uh, ankles, etc. So um, uh, I have to explain that to to all my, let's say, friends. And uh, yeah, so how I came to uh, integrate the NDT word, let's say, it's by chance. I was, uh, let's say, invited by a friend and uh, he organized like a dinner and he invited uh, Jerome Baudreau Leclerc. So and I tell him hi. Uh, and uh, so the guy was just thinking to start his company. Inspection company, uh, right? Exactly. Okay. So at that time, he was just thinking about it. He has the idea. And he was just like talking about his project and uh, we were dining. So and i was looking for a job it was like my final year my final actually months i was writing my thesis at that time okay and you know i was interested by 
especially the guy, not his project, because I didn't know what he's talking about, you know, <laughs> ultrasonics and stuff, you know. Inspecting and he was what? saying that. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And he was, you know, telling that he traveled recently, uh, like to Oman, and that, uh, you know, he was like telling some details about his uh, recent experience. Oh, you know, he just like got all my focus and I started asking him some question. You know, I told him that I was looking for a job and um, I will be ready in, let's say, a few weeks, maybe. So he asked me about my background. I said it's like uh, chemical engineering mostly and I'm interested by new technologies, etc. So he said, okay, so he gave me my, his contact and he told me to uh, contact him very, very soon. And, you know, like uh, after a few weeks, I just wrote him an email. He called me and he told me that he just like uh, created his company and uh, he's looking for someone probably like uh, a kind of internal uh, training. And uh, if I was interested, so, you know, we can maybe uh, set an appointment and have a, like a kind of uh, interview. And this is what happened. So <laughs> I visited him in his brand new, uh, uh, let's say, local. Okay. So it was very small office, actually. How many? Uh, uh, how many employees at that time? Actually, it was uh, I think uh, three because wow. it was Jerome and two partners. So that was a big so, leap of faith. So you had no <laughs> clue, you know, if that was going to work or not, or or what it was even about, really. Exactly. So what I actually I forgot to mention that after that dinner, I had to go on Google and search like the word entity ultrasound and I found this complicated, you know, yeah. you know, I'm a chemical guy. It's true. I know materials, etc. But you know, the, the principle of ultrasounds and uh, eddy currents and radiography, all this stuff, you know, it's a huge. All new Another, yeah. yeah. So I say to myself, you know, would I really, let's say, go through this again, through new studies, through new concepts, uh, new science, let's say. So it, it was not easy, but, you know, sometimes you have to uh, to decide and to, uh, how to say, uh, sometimes you have to take uh, uh, the adventure, let's say, yeah. uh, door and say, okay, That's let's right. see. Do I want it to be honest with you, <laughs> I, I was actually at, let's say, the latest process uh, for a mining company. So, you know, I was in the third stage for the uh, hiring. Okay. So I had like uh, three interviews and the last one was just to talk about the salaries and all uh, contract details. Okay. And uh, it happened that, uh, you know, they spent too much time before they contact me. So, you know, I said to myself, maybe they will never contact me and I sent them some emails. So I said, okay, let's see uh, Jerome and what he will uh, offer to me and let's see. So it was a very friendly, actually, interview, and uh, I was impressed by the uh, actually the two persons because his partner was there too. And uh, you know, I, I loved the way they, they were talking about the the NDT and about the ultrasound, and uh, they, they talked more than myself, I think. So they they exposed, let's say, the NDT in general, mm -hmm. but they they went in some details about the the travels, about the challenge also. And, you know, I think that uh, they just, let's say, uh, um, had the, the right words to uh, get all my interest right. at that time. They were passionate enough that it got you uh, interested. 
exactly. even if you didn't they told know. Me, yeah. yeah, they told me, actually, you lose nothing. You can try 15 hours per week and you know, we will see after one month, we can assess, you know, if you you are into the entity or no. Right. If we are also happy about what you you know you are doing and at that time they had zero contracts yet right. oh, wow so you know <laughs> big leap of faith yeah exactly <laughs> so they gave, gave me an epoch 600 okay with uh, the manuals yeah and with a let's say some slides maybe let's say 30 slides for let's say kind of presentation of conventional ut yeah. and they told me you have one week and you know <laughs> we will see after that some applications Wow. Uh, to be honest, I was like the first day I had to read the manual. Of course. And, you know, so it was boring to me. I said, no, it's, you know, I, I cannot start again from zero, from scratch, you know. Mm-hmm. You know I would, let's say, rather be now in, in the lab, you know, uh, playing with the different, let's say, chemical formulas and stuff, you know. I'm, I'm not at the right place, right, probably. Right, right. <laughs> Where's, where uh, are my and, bickers and so on? <laughs> What's that probe in my hand? <laughs> That's funny. Exactly. Oh, wow. And then I started playing with the uh, Epoch 600. And then I, I saw the A scans and I, you know, I had like some samples in front of me and I, you know, I put like a, a, an angled wedge and I started just moving the, the, the wedge and, you know, uh, exploring, let's say, the the wells and in, in these components I had in front of me. And then I saw, like, popping some signals, etc. And, and then, you know, it was, let's say, the first, the very first, let's say, uh, uh, interest right. that I felt, you know, or the very first uh, event that happened that made me, let's say, into... The ultrasound and into the the NDT in general, and you got by chance, <laughs> hooked exactly. by ultrasound. That's good. <laughs> and by chance, like after two weeks, I was, you know, very comfortable with the Epoch 600. I had no license, of course, no certificate, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, no really big background, but I was very comfortable with the Epoch 600, so I could recognize some defects. I had more samples, and you know, I was really more interested and then we got our very first uh, our very first contract and it was just visual inspection okay and uh, so it's just like a, an inspection for a, a, an american company uh, that uh, was fabricating its structures in quebec and it started from there so i discovered using the um, you know the very simple let's say uh, tools of NDT, yeah. you know, the ruler to measure, let's say, the the right uh, size of uh, uh, holes or the, the right size of uh, uh, bevels, etc. You know, the, the very simple, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, uh, NDT technicians too. And I started loving, you know, the, the field and, uh, you know, discussing with the, the people in, uh, let's say, in welding side or on the manufacturing side in general. You know, and I felt now there is a contact in this job. It's not only, let's say, uh, inspection in a, in a room or just uh, using the machine, but also there is an interaction with the uh, the other, let's say, intervenant in uh, in the NDT world. Mm-hmm. And I love this. And to be honest, you know, uh, usually we say we, we don't create a, a company, we create a, a boss, but also we join a boss, we don't join a company. Yeah. And uh, I think that Jerome... 
gave me enough confidence and enough trust mm -hmm. and even enough importance in front of clients. Mm -hmm. So he made me feel that I'm already, let's say, important to a very small company. Right. You're part of the uh, team. And yeah, yeah exactly. That's great. So he gave me like some freedom to discuss with the clients, etc. And of course, as a small company, I started thinking that we, I can grow with this company too. Mm -hmm. So even later, when I was contacted by the, the company, I had already uh, uh, reached, let's say, uh, very advanced steps into the hiring uh, process. When they contacted me later, you know, I was, even if it, it was more interesting in, in, in salary and in all adventures, I say to myself, you know, I can I'm already continue. Yeah, exactly. That's great. And and so speaking of which, because you came a long way. So starting from you know zero certification to just starting with a book in a in a lab, you know, before doing some applications, uh, and now you're level three, right? You're uh, in uh, in UT. Exactly. So okay. in UT and in phase array, actually, and uh, yeah. But you know, I remember. My very first certificate, it was visual inspector level one. Okay. So the day I knew that I it was successful and I, I had my certificate, I was, I think, as happy as the day, you know, I got my bachelor degree. <laughs> so, yeah, because it was a challenge, you know, it's yeah. a completely new word to me, you know, but I think it was easier to me than maybe other people from other uh, background because material science you know it's very related it to is, chemistry yeah. so you know the the, the temperature uh, diagrams etc all this you know i already had uh, a good idea about it so it, it was not very uh, hard to me to to pass this exam then i had to pass the ut and in canada you know the cgsb exam is, mm -hmm. is very hard actually mm -hmm. so same thing when i i had my ticket you know i was really very happy and you know when it's small company you are involved in all aspects you know so marketing uh, uh, management in general you wear many many hats yeah exactly and i love this i, I love it being let's say uh, in every uh, activities of the company you know and you learn too much when you start uh, with the company so right. you know it, it was really a great experience and i you know the, the name of the company was scanbeck and uh, we had really a great, let's say, starting times, and we, we loved, we enjoyed working together. We, you know, Jerome was a, a new person to me, so we starting having also a good relation. We are working like a, uh, every day in the same office. We are just two or three in the office all the time. So uh, even uh, the other guys, you know, David and uh, his father were great people too. I learned too much from them. And then Francis Boudreau-Leclerc, an ex-Olympus, joined the team. And you know, we were four at that time. And we were four, let's say, three well-experienced guys with a lot of, uh, let's say, projects already in the past. And uh, they, they had a lot, uh, actually, uh, certificates as well. You know, uh, Jerome has certificates in Eddycurrent and in UT. Uh, in VT as well, etc., and uh, David in API. So I learned too much from them actually. So that that's great stuff. And so uh, so now, uh, of course, you you've gathered a lot of expertise in the field of many years of working uh, for an inspection company, and that 
brought you for your new role or, well, not so new anymore, but your, your role at Olympus. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do here at Olympus? Okay. So actually, it's, it's very true. My role is like in Olympus is like uh, the sum of all what I've learned already in my uh, entity, let's say technician or entity field uh, experience, because you know, uh, when you are uh, an entity technician, you can work in aerospace, you can work in oil and gas, you can work in nuclear, right. but also you are in contact with the asset owners. So the, the end clients, let's say you are in contact with other entity companies, but also you are uh, in, in very close relation with the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started uh, actually my entity career using the Epoch 600. And when uh, Francis uh, Boudreau-Leclerc joined uh, Scanbeck, uh, you know, he came from Olympus. So he had an uh, Olympus, uh, let's say, DNA. Mm -hmm. That's so, true. So, you know, that. I had no choice uh, than to, to have, let's say, a, a big affection, uh, let's say, to, to Olympus. So uh, it was natural, let's say. Right. Uh, you know, and I had this actually... Uh, almost all the time you know i had a preference because i i started learning on, on olympus uh, products so it was like my reference right yeah, so yeah, each yeah. time i see another machine you know i, I compare it with uh, with olympus but you know with olympus we had a lot of omni scans also and uh, all the biggest projects and success of scan back entity at that time uh, where let's say uh, uh, included included actually uh, olympus products and uh, so i think it's very normal that i end uh, let's say after uh, so i started at uh, 2011 now it's 2020 so almost uh, nine years so after nine years I'm, i find myself in olympus in a different role actually uh, on the different role from what I've started, of course, but mm -hmm. it's like the continuity of what I've uh, gathered in, in all this year. So, you know, as I said at the beginning, I learned a lot about marketing, a lot of even the uh, human resources, actually uh, management. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about uh, strategies, about market, let's say, uh, or business case uh, mounting and uh, building, etc. So. Uh, and business development was actually one of my favorite uh, or one of my strongest, let's say, skills also in addition to the uh, technical stuff. So right. I was really waiting for a big opportunity to spread, let's say, my, my wings in that way. Yeah, and merge so, the both interests, yeah. Exactly. So I think that uh, today in, in Olympus, actually, to... to Sorry if I, I went very far uh, in my answer. So to go back to the the short, let's say, uh, answer here. So what my role is to connect between the market mm -hmm. in a global scale with the uh, product and R&D, let's say, in Quebec. And it's to develop, let's say, uh, a kind of synergy between these three uh, heads of the triangles. Mm -hmm. And uh, or in addition, of course, to be involved uh, from time to time in a technical, uh, let's say, consulting or technical uh, technology or sorry, uh, more it's about technology developments uh, in general. 
That's great. And, and to make sure that the feedback from the market or, or your inspection years are brought back uh, to the, the manufacturing side, right? Absolutely. That's great. That's good. Well, we're, we're certainly happy to have you uh, with us. Um, so it's mutual. <laughs> good. Uh, so there's something new that I would like to to try with you. So usually, you know, that that's that's that kind of conversation of, of back and forth of uh, of questions, and then you know we we discuss. But I would like to try uh, if you if you would allow me a uh, round of questions. So kind of a think fast, uh, very short question and that you go ahead and give me, you know, whatever comes to mind first. Would you be willing to do that? It would be a pleasure. Okay, let's try it. So uh, first question I would have, what would be your favorite industry? Okay, no doubt it's the aerospace. Oh, Even yeah? if it's not the most, let's say, uh, how to say, I'm not really doing a lot of aerospace Uh, since like a few years, right, but yeah. you know, the the aircraft uh, world is really amazing. And I remember that one of the very first seven eight seven, the Dreamliner, mm -hmm. that yeah. was uh, or that landed in Toronto uh, Pearson Airport. Mm -hmm. You know, I was there. Oh, really? Wow! And, oh my God! Yeah. So you know, I before any uh, miles with passengers. So it's just I think the. Uh, the way from Detroit to Toronto. So it's just to deliver this aircraft to Air Canada at that time. I was there and I was given a training to Air Canada uh, guys. Okay. So they invited me to discover the aircraft with them. Oh, wow. So I, I, I still remember that moment. It, it was incredible. And then, you know, they inspected, you know, it's the very first inspection of the, the, the aircraft. So I was there and I was amazed. And I think this one is the one of the best memorable uh, thing uh, it happened to me when I was, uh, let's say, uh, inspector. Right. I loved my experience. and um, But this is just an example, you know. Mm -hmm. But aerospace is, is fantastic. It's a very fantastic, actually, word. Yeah. Uh, the, the only maybe disadvantage is that most of, you know, the jobs are night jobs. Mm. So, oh, that's a good point. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so they're... maybe... You know, I at, at certain moment I was approached by, uh, let's say, entity companies and even uh, some companies that are operating in aerospace. But the the downside was that I had to work on on night shifts, yeah. and this is something uh, bad in the uh, the aerospace, unfortunately. Yeah. And the other thing, of course, when I was with Scanbeck, you know, we participated in some other challenging project and exciting project related to more space, not. Uh, aircrafts and uh, I love it that experience yeah. and the other thing also and uh, I'm sorry if it's it's a long no, answer actually, <laughs> you know my background yeah. uh, is allowing me to be very let's say knowledgeable in a composite material oh yeah you know, at the beginning I said I worked on fuel cell mm -hmm. so the new fuel cell are let's say the base of this is the uh, carbon fibers and uh, similar uh, composite materials. So I have really a good knowledge of, uh, uh, of this science of material, let's say. And uh, this allowed me to even, uh, let's say, show my expertise in trainings and in discussion with uh, experts in aerospace engineering. 
That's good. That's a great answer. And and on top of it, if I can add, I think it would be also one of my favorite industry because it's so much cleaner than other <laughs> industries. So that, that, that's also a plus. But very true. <laughs> All right. So next question: uh, What's your favorite technology? I would answer it's a combination of technology. Okay. I, I like when it's phase array plus eddy current. Okay. You know, I, I'm expert in in phase array. Probably I. Uh, anyway, I can pretend that at <laughs> least uh, I'm good in eddy current, even if I don't owe any uh, certificate, but I, I used a lot of equipment and I, I even tested a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, machines. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like when we combine two or more technologies. So I think that uh, there is no one complete That's technique, right. yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and when we combine, for example, phasery with eddy current, so we obtain the volumetric uh, assessment or inspection of the component, and plus we can add, for example, the, the eddy current on the top of it uh, to assess the surface. And the, the results actually is more complete uh, than if we used uh, just one uh, technique. So yeah. I think that eddy current array plus phased array uh, are my, let's say, my favorite tools or weapons when it's about to inspect any any part. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, there's often, uh, I want to say, friendly uh, competition between a method to another, right? So, you know, you're UT guy, you're RT guy, you're an guy, but the reality is that, um, yeah, just one method doesn't do it all. It's always a complementary, you know, it's not, uh, it's not, all one or all the other for volumetric or surface it's it's you need a little bit of everything you need to start with a visual you need to you know so uh, there's not uh, there's not just one method that is better than, than another so that's a great answer <laughs> i love it <laughs> okay so the the funniest inspection you ever experienced i don't know if i can uh, how to say change the question a little bit sure it's allowed. Would it be the happiest inspection? <laughs> okay, sure. Happiest. That's interesting. Actually, but it, it was funny too. You know, uh, it, and it's a very recent one. Uh, we were in Kamloops. I was with a colleague, uh, Kalidas, and uh, I say hi to him. Uh, so we were in Kamloops. Uh, the, the client actually dig it a little bit to, uh, to, to uncover uh, some parts of pipelines. Okay. And, uh, you know, in we had maybe five or six sites. All these sites were very beautiful. And people who know uh, uh, Kamloops or the, let's say, this part of Canada is amazing. And it was, you know, at the end of the summer. So, you know, the weather was excellent. And even the, the, the nature and the uh, landscapes were just fantastic. And actually, it was in a farm. So one of the spots was in a farm. Okay. Yeah. So there were horses and coats. And, you know, it, it was really very funny to <laughs> to cross, let's say, the land of this farm. And, you know, we, we were watching, of course, our, our way because, you know, the, yes. uh, the animals were, <laughs> Little let's say, there. moving and excited <laughs> because they saw like a car coming to uh, their land. Okay. So, and we were inspecting and, you know, there were animals just around, you know, and it was very funny, actually. And very happy uh, we were very happy to, we were laughing all the way and of course we have not found any indication also so that made the 
the inspection even nicer. <laughs> funniest, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You yeah, know, it's always a good good news for sure. They they must yeah, have so, been happy about that for sure. <laughs> of course, yeah. But it was really funny to be there, and uh, like in, in such beautiful. Uh, landscape and such let's say beautiful animals too right yeah yeah yeah. different different landscape for sure than what you commonly used to um what would be the scariest inspection you experienced very tricky question to be honest uh i had you know what i lived as an entity inspector uh, in nine years is really worth a book Uh, this is what i say to myself you know i survive it too Where's the book? Yeah, maybe I, I should write like all my uh, adventures yeah, in a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. So yeah. I had many, uh, many, not accidents, but many, let's say, scary moments. And uh, maybe I would just mention one of them right now. This is what I have in mind. So sure. I was in Nigeria, okay. in uh, the Delta of Niger uh, area. And, you know, we had a visit of of some pirates so of what i, I won't talk about pirates pirates actual yeah. pirates okay i didn't know yeah, they were yeah, still ar- around yeah. okay yeah so you know it's uh, it's very common there but uh, you already how to say uh, i had some some training some breeze etc so you think that you think yourself prepared oh, I, but yeah, yeah. absolutely not oh wow so you know when uh, we heard the alarm you know, I say to myself, this is another dream, you know, take it easy, don't worry. You know, you, you still have this, let's say, uh, uh, behavior, and um, let's say, how feeling till you arrive to the locker room, because in all the, the vessels today, uh, you know, uh, there are locker rooms, so you can just lock them from inside, there is no any uh, or any access from outside. So once you arrive in that room, and you see people that already survived on or leave it such experience, how they were scary, you know, you can't remember anything after that. So let me just break it down really quickly, because I want to make sure I understand properly. There was an alarm that went off because there was a threat of pirates? Exactly. So how how it does happen. Wow. So we have all the time a captain, like a a real Marines captain. I think it was from the British Marines. (laughs) That's worth a book. You're right. Okay, go on. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, now I know it. But at that moment, you know, we we, we never know what's happening exactly. We just hear an alarm. Okay. So what happened at that time quickly. uh, So all communication were cut. Okay. So at that moment, we, we know. Actually, the people, the, the experienced people know that there is something happening. Mm, yeah, okay. Something's to avoid fishy, any yeah. communication. Exactly. Okay. So something happening. And they wait a little bit. You know, they are, let's say, uh, monitoring all the, the area. And they saw kind of small uh, boat approaching the, the big vessels where yeah, we were. Okay. And so they just launched the alarm. So everyone has to, uh, to, to go to his uh, dedicated locker room. But the scariest, actually, uh, let's say, moment is not really what we lived on that moment. That, let's say, not uh, just the uh, alarm, let's say, or the exact. Not that day, actually, because oh. you know that day after that you go to sleep. Maybe you cannot sleep well, but you know, at the end, you know, you survived, and that's it. So you the know, alarm stopped, it. and that that was it. That there was uh, there was no pirates that came on board or anything like that no, it's no, just no. they the, saw they something and the communication broke 
That's... They, they were pirates on board, but they just took some tools, oh, you know, some did. food, and oh, that's my. it. Oh my! Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh so wow. It, we were actually safe at at any moment. They 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 wanted to attack the the people. This is what the captain said the day after. But you know, after that, mm-hmm. you know, every morning when you wake up, you know, you, you have this thinking about what happened right. that day, right. and you know. You don't have the same smile. You don't have the same behavior, the same feeling of every day. You know, just before we were relaxed, you yeah. know, it, it will never happen. It, you know, it arrives only to other people, etc. Only so, in movies. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. So, but after that, you know, you are aware about the the danger or the risk. So everything changed. And the days after, you know, you feel some tensions between people you feel the this uh, not anger but this let's say uh, um, it it changed all the the relations right. you know all the the way we speak etc so you felt that many people wanted to uh, to be evacuated to uh, to make the rotation sooner mm-hmm. than yeah. uh, expected etc you felt trapped so, i bet too because you know there's there's no way you can leave or you can you know you're just trapped in that unfortunate uh, situation and yeah that must not be a great feeling exactly so this was one of the most curious probably uh, let's say inspection or because i was not doing inspection i was just uh, doing client trip okay but uh, i had let's say a daily job to do 12 hours so it was not really very funny to be there after that uh, that incident wow pirates i was not expecting that at all <laughs> that's really good okay um next question would be most hot climate you ever experienced while inspecting or, you know, while traveling for, for work? Yeah, it was in Saudi Arabia or Saudi Arabia. So uh, we were in a, a kind of one of the biggest refineries actually in the world. And uh, I think it was 45 degrees, you know, in uh, in shadow. Oh, okay. In the so, shade, in the shade, uh, 45 degrees Celsius. Yeah, 45 degrees Celsius. And, uh, you know, just going out from the car, making two, three steps, and you start sweating and you start, like, saying to yourself, I have to go back to the car. And it's just, like, 10 a.m. You know, it's not uh, noon, it's not uh, 2 p.m. So, you know, when the... And after that, you have to uh, touch the steel or to do some inspection. Oh, so yeah. your equipment is very hot, even if you wear gloves. And if you wear gloves, you know, your hands uh, are not as, let's say, uh, usual. So you cannot really operate correctly. Yeah, so yeah. you want absolutely to uh, remove the gloves and operate directly. So, so just... Yeah, it, it, Just for our um, American listeners, 45C, that would be 113F Fahrenheit. So 113. Yeah, that's in the shade. That That's really hot indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, it was really very hard to, to work normally yeah. and even to breathe, you know. So it's, it's not easy. So maybe an inspection of one hour would take two, two and a half because... Everything is hot. You have to, you move very, very slowly. Right. Uh, you are sweating. Uh, you know, it's, Everything it's, it's takes not longer. very easy. Yeah. 
so this is why in those regions actually uh, they stop actually working in such temperature from uh, almost 11 about 11 to 4 uh, p.m i see and uh, so what would be then because since you're from well you, you live in canada so i'm sure you experience also with colder climate what would be the coldest in Edmonton, you know, just uh, putting the minus uh, just uh, before the 45 Celsius and it became minus 45. <laughs> and so this what? is hardest even because uh, normally, okay, in normal, let's say, situation, uh, they would prevent people to do inspection in such temperature. So normally there is no uh, operation in construction site or in even maintenance operations when it reached minus 40. But it was my last day in Edmonton and uh, like a few welds uh, had to be inspected uh, at last and uh, I had absolutely to do this job before I fly. So no choice. I had to go out. So we, we kept the car on and I'm sorry Running, for the yeah. environment. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> So uh, I had to go out from the car for two minutes to put the coupling uh, first before <laughs> it dries. I have to go back to the car to just have some warm, then go back, start the inspection. It was a kind of pipe inspection. And, you know, uh, I was, let's say, trying to not have any indication because any indication uh, would need to be repaired. And that means that I have to stay another day. And... <laughs> Like <laughs> no. the whole week, for the whole week, right. you know, the, the, the forecasts were like minus 40, minus 35. So again, and I was just, not ready to stay there. Just <laughs> for, again, our American friends here. So minus 45C is minus 49F. So that's that's really cold. Oh, my. And you said that it would be what? The the following, the for, forecast was for? Uh, yeah, for, for the whole week, yeah. it was, they were expecting the same temperature. Okay, so okay. Oh, wow. if I had to call a repair, I had to wait yeah. like long time before <laughs> the welders come and repair the stuff. Right. So, you know, and okay, I was lucky, you know, uh, no uh, relevant indication, but I spent probably four hours in total for a job of maybe 30 minutes in total. And this is because I had to go warm up again in the... Uh, in the truck and uh, going, let's say, out. And I had a colleague who was driving, actually, and he was calling me each, like, one minute, and he felt like it was forever. And, you know, Dali, come back. You know, it's very cold there. <laughs> what are you doing out there? What are you waiting uh, for? <laughs> we were the only one on site, you know. Oh, Everyone, man. you know, left the, the site because it was very cold. And, wow. Yeah, when the coupling is uh, just, uh, I'm sure you can't use normal coupling for that. <laughs> Just, no, 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 at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, speaking of uh, coupling and, and different temperatures, so what would be the highest temperature component you inspected? Uh, it was in Saudi Arabia too. Okay. Uh, it was uh, 285 degrees. To 285 C, so that would be uh, 545 F. Exactly. Wow. Okay. And actually, it was uh, an inspection of each pass. So it was a very thick material. I don't remember. It was maybe 150 uh, millimeter. Okay. And the bevel was very large. So they have to do, uh, the welders had to do a lot of passes. And after each, for example, uh, 10 millimeter, we had to run an inspection. 
So to be sure that these passes were correct. I because see, in between passes. Exactly, okay. in between passes. So this is the uh, highest temperature. I had to operate myself, but I witnessed, uh, actually I witnessed other uh, high temperature inspection, but this was the the one I had, let's say. Uh, Your fingers on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so what would be the furthest you've traveled for an inspection? Or the furthest you've been for an inspection, you know, like either, um, on a, yeah, either location-wise or uh, the effort-wise, you know, where the furthest you have to go, you had to go. Let's say if we talk about, we take the the Earth, okay, maybe mm -hmm. the southest I've been was in Nuken in Argentina. Oh yeah, that's that's a long trip from Canada. Exactly. Wow. And, uh, How long I, do you remember? How long was the flight? Uh, to Argentina, I think it's uh, 12 or 13 hours. Yeah, Then, it must be because from Houston, I think it's like a, yeah, it's a 14 hours if memory serves from Houston. So it's probably, I mean, from Canada, obviously it's much longer. So. But I live in Quebec, so I had to take the flight <laughs> from Quebec to Toronto. Yeah. Toronto to Buenos Aires. Oh. And, you know, it's a, there is one stop at Santiago in Chile. And then I had to take another flight from uh, Buenos Aires to uh, Nuken. Nice. And from Nuken, I had to uh, to drive maybe 200 kilometers south. Uh, and uh, It's amazing. Uh, it's, it's really very beautiful, actually, country and very beautiful area there. And I enjoyed being there, to be honest with you. But, Good, because uh, you're far from home. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's and, very far. Probably the northeast I've been uh, could be uh, in Quebec City. No, no, in Quebec province, actually, uh, La Romaine. Okay. So it's, it's very far in, in the north. And, but like uh, I, I've been uh, like uh, in, in a lot of locations around the world. So I've been in India, I've been, uh, of course, many times in Europe in different countries, but in Asia, Singapore is very far from from Canada, Japan, etc. So I think I was lucky to to visit maybe more than 30, 30 countries. Wow. I, I never actually counted, but uh, yeah, I visited probably more than than 30 countries and more than probably, I don't know, 300 cities or something like that. That's what's amazing with the NDT world really is uh, you just you never know where where it's going to take you. Yeah, but the funniest thing here, you know, I I drove for seven hours uh, once before in uh, like I don't know five years ago maybe in in Quebec uh, province again, just like uh, seven hours to go, seven hours to go, to come back. Okay. And uh, in reality, I spent 15 minutes for the inspection. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you never know. I mean, that's the good scenario. You don't want to be there for forever either. But that brings me to my ad other question, actually, which was right after this one. What's the longest shift you ever had to do? Like, what's the, the longest you had to be on the job site? This is, uh, this is tricky, too, because what I remember, uh, it's, it's my record, actually. Yeah. Uh, in Montreal, okay. they had to... Uh, to repair a bridge. Okay. Uh, but they had no clue what's happening there. So mm. they had to repair by replacing some parts, some structures. But the new structures that they just brought uh, just 
on the side of the bridge to be installed mm -hmm. uh, actually contained some cracks. And they never actually, at that time, you know, they never saw it in the, uh, in the manufacturer. Uh, they, they never actually uh, understood why it's happening there. So I just had a call. It was Friday uh, afternoon. And they told me, you know, you have to be there maybe for two hours, just it. So you'll be, you'll be home, let's say, before uh, the dark. And uh, you hours. will enjoy your weekend. Okay. Yeah, so they told me maybe two hours maximum. I have a feeling it's not going to be two hours, but yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Exactly. And I arrived there. And I, you know, because they tried to remove the indication. And actually, mm. by visual, uh, we saw nothing. But I just put my uh, phasery probe and I started seeing indications. Mm -hmm. And it was endless. Oh. So all the other structures actually were affected by the same uh, phenomena, and uh, they, they actually they, they blocked the road for two days only. So we had only Saturday and Sunday to repair, to install, and to reopen the road again oh or the bridge again. Oh. So and at that time it was the construction uh, uh, holiday. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because, so, well, one thing we need to explain a little bit for people outside of Quebec uh, is that the, there is two weeks during the summer where there's specific construction holidays and everybody from the construction industry is off. <laughs> taking, they're forced, exactly. they're forced to be off. So which is a, a, yeah, a different concept. And it's not like that everywhere on the world, but it is like this in Quebec. So you were during that time of the year of the summer where everybody was off after that? Exactly. Actually, no, people were off. So there is no staff for the repair. Okay. Oh. No staff, no too much staff for the installation. So we were at reduced, let's say, uh, staff. Yeah. And in addition, because I asked it, you know, to have more inspectors because I couldn't do all the job alone, like in the time frame they, they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So I said, it's impossible to do this job like in two hours, in one and a half day. You know, it's <laughs> right. impossible. I'm tired. I just drove from Quebec City to Montreal and I don't think that I can really do everything myself. Right. So they started, you know, calling even other companies than mine. And it was impossible. They, they even tried to bring people from Edmonton or from Toronto, but it was too much complicated. So I had to still awake all night. So I, I passed the, the whole night inspecting. And, you know, I slept maybe two or two and a half hours in the car just near the, the site. And they, you know, they, they, they wake me up like uh, early in early morning just to tell me that they finished the repair and they have to inspect the repair. So in total, I spent almost two days plus ish hours. Yeah. And uh, I slept in the whole, let's say this weekend, maybe only in total, maybe three, four hours. So it was terrible. But yeah. at the end, at least we, we delivered a healthy, let's say, product and safe product yeah. to the Uh, to, to the city and everything everyone was happy right but i remember that it was one of the most expensive inspection i ever uh, uh, done so the the bill after that was <laughs> something uh, that the the owner of the bridge will never actually forget because i had a lot of calls later to tell me dali you know it's, it was just a weekend you know <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not a vacation weekend, that's for sure. So, oh, that's funny. Well, that that does work with my next question as well. I feel like often um, 
often I see that the the expertise or sometimes the integrity can be um, challenged uh, on a job site because, you know, the welders are there and they're going to ask a lot of questions. And sometimes also, as you said, you know, the the person that uh, hires you uh, doesn't necessarily want to know that there's things going wrong in the component. So do you have one example in mind where your integrity or your expertise was challenged? You know, as I mentioned just before, uh, the other question, I worked on vessels. Yeah. And the pipeliners, uh, actually the, the ones that are manufacturing the pipelines, are the hardest environment for any entity inspector. Because the only or the unique uh, secret word there is push the pipe. Push the pipe. Mm. And, you know, it's like a chain. So... In these vessels, you have uh, the beveling, you have the welding, station one, station two. Right. You have the cleaning and the visual inspection station. Okay. Then you have the NDT station, then you have the coating station, then we push the pipe in the sea. I see. Okay. Yeah. On and the big kind of a coil, right? A big, it's kind of wrapped yeah. and it keeps going and pushing. Okay. Exact. So it's uh, one of the most a difficult environment and one of the most uh, stressful, actually. It never stops, right? They want to keep exactly. pushing it. Okay. And the only station that is under the stop, uh, the spot, sorry, is the NDT uh, station or the NDT room, what we call there, because they are, let's say, the inspectors. And if ever there is something in the weld, so we have to hold on everything. Oh, yeah. We and don't then push it needs the pipe. To, yeah, it needs to go back to the welder or, you know, repair. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it needs to be repaired. And then to be reinspected again, and if ever you know there is two repairs, it's a cut. Right. So you know we have to so redo everything again. So you're the favorite group, I'm sure. Everybody <laughs> invites you at the cafeteria. And <laughs> yeah. So I I survived actually uh, in such environment because it was just a. It's it's terrible actually. It depends also on the on the vessel, on the the people. Mm-hmm. But usually we try to have a good relation with the welders to avoid uh, such problems. We we try to tell them before the the uh, defect arrive that there are, there are indications that they have to uh, let's say to monitor what they are doing right now. They have to correct something because we are starting, let's say, having some indication. So we try to prevent this uh, uh, let's say repair mm-hmm. but sometimes you know it arrives that you know we have a defect and we should call a repair and you know just because you have two lights you have two uh, bottoms one red one green so when everything is good you have just to push on the green push the pipe and that's it but if it's the red bottom that you push you will receive a tons of calls, you know, to the in the entity room. And what's happening? We have repair. So a lot of people with no knowledge in entity will come mm, and challenge you. Okay, show me how you rejected this one. Why you rejected? Can you print me the indication? And they start looking at this. <laughs> no, you cannot really, you know, stop everything because of that. We are late. We are etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. And maybe the first repair will be okay. So you arrive to uh, convince everybody, but. At the second, at the third of the same day, yeah. believe me, yeah, it's not easy to have, let's say, kind words in a conversation with the people in the vessel. <laughs> so, yeah, we are challenged every moment we push on the uh, red bottom. And 
you know, it's it's something really, really very stressful. Right. Every time you stop the flow, everybody will, are, is going to look at you <laughs> exactly. and say, why did you stop it? Of course. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, the one you'll always remember, is there an inspection or a place that you feel like you, you're always going to remember this one? Uh, a place, you know, and uh, it's not a cliche, you know, it's not something that I'm I'm stolen from anyone because I feel it really. Every place I visit and I work in, especially because working there, you know, you make ties with people, with places, with uh, uh, cities. Yeah. And I think that in in all the places I I've been there for for work, I left something from me. Right. You know, it's 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 a little complicated to explain this, but believe me, uh, I have friends like worldwide, and I went to some restaurants with them. I visited like uh, some places, uh, some museums, some. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I still feel, uh, let's say, those moments till now, and I, I don't think that I will never, uh, I will ever forget them, but. Uh, I think that I left something from me in any places I've, I've worked in. So, And vice versa. They left something exactly. in you as well. That's beautiful. And, you know, all cities are beautiful. All countries are beautiful. It's true that sometimes, you know, we say, for example, I've been in Croatia, in uh, Dubrovnik. is one of the most beautiful, actually, uh, cities in the world, for sure. So, you know, Game of Thrones was, uh, let's say, some... Some scenes were were filmed there, but it's really very beautiful. Kotor in Montenegro as well. It's amazing. Uh, you know, these two cities probably are different from the other ones I've visited because of the, you know, I love the sea, I love the mountains, and it's a combination of these two landscapes. But to be honest with you, I, I like, I still like any places I've worked in. So That's great. That's good to hear. Well, thank you so much, Daddy, for being such a such a good sport and and trying those uh, short questions. Um, I really appreciate uh, working together. I hope we'll get to work uh, some more, and I hope we'll get to travel <laughs> some more uh, together at some point. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Emily, and I wish uh, we will have uh, a lot of years together and uh, a lot of uh, innovative projects to work on in the future. So thank you again, Emily. Same here. Thank you, Daddy. How about that for NDT Stories? I hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you did, please let us know and leave us a comment in the comment section or write a review. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be on this show, please email us at nditpodcast@olympus.com. Until then, I hope you're also creating your very own fascinating stories out there. And who knows, maybe one day you'll be here sharing them with me. Stay safe out there, my friends, and we'll talk to you soon.